1: Welcome into the Locked On Steelers podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's now time for our Tuesday podcast, my favorite show of the week, with my man, Mike Pursuta, from the DVE Morning Show and the Steelers Radio Network.
0: Mike, what's going on, brother? Oh, it's getting interesting, isn't it? really uh, is. the uh, The football in December has been memorable so far.
1: It has. And before we get to the Steelers, let's talk a little bit about that game from last night, the Why Ravens not? and the Patriots. You know, I said last week that the Miami game for the Baltimore Ravens could be looked at at one of two ways. Either Baltimore is peaking at the right time or that it was an offensive aberration. Now, I will say this. The offense kind of went back in time for the Baltimore Ravens in last night's game. They scored a couple of times off of those New England turnovers, but I thought that they had some trouble moving the ball like they have really all season long. They're not very good at running the football. But I'll say this about Baltimore. Man, they just don't go away. And I I think you can say that this isn't as good of a Baltimore team as they've had, better than last year certainly, but man, they
0: just don't go away. You can't kill them. They're like a cockroach. Yeah, the representative uh, this year's Ravens are of a Ravens team in terms of mindset, how relentlessly competitive that group is. Uh, they they don't like New England. <laughs> Terrell Suggs is not shy about saying that. He's shy about saying New England or Patriots. He calls them the team up north. Yeah. He feels a little bit uh, – well, let's just say he thinks there were some inequities over the years that may have cost the Ravens some things. But that was a great football game, I thought, from uh, the standpoint of two teams really competing hard and going after it. Uh, the Patriots wanted it, I thought, just as badly as the Ravens did. Uh, you saw a lot of that in the body language, in the ferocity of the hitting, in, in the back and forth, the punch and counter punch. And, uh, you know, inside of two minutes, it's still a ball game. Uh, but you mentioned the Ravens' lack of running, and and I think that might be what ultimately gets them beat. Might be, might be. If there's a flaw, that's it. They only tried 14 runs, 42 yards. Joe Flacco throwing 52 times Man. is too many, I think, uh, particularly against a good team. But that's what they were reduced to. One of those runs uh, got him tackled in the end zone for a safety. Uh, that that's something that Baltimore hasn't been able to solve all year.
1: No, and I was watching Mike and Mike last week, and they had Dominique Foxworth on, and Mike Greenberg said, this Baltimore Ravens team is playing really well at the right time, and they had one four out of five coming into this game, and Foxworth said, they're going to be a really tough out, they're going to be really tough going into the playoffs because they can run the football, and that's just not true, that's just, that's just a lack of preparation there from Dominique, or maybe he didn't know the question was going to be asked, but that is a big flaw for this Ravens football team. It's been all season long. And, you know, Joe Flacco has led the league now in throwing the football in pass attempts, and I still don't think he's re- wh- where he w- has been. And I think maybe Joe Flacco will be back, Joe Flacco, next year after an off season, but he still does not look right to me. I think the Miami game was an aberration from that standpoint.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it. I saw the numbers, and, you know, the numbers were pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think the guy Flacco's had a great career. Absolutely, Uh, I think he's really good, but I I don't think he has been himself. uh, Studying the Ravens before the first game against the Steelers, I didn't think he was himself. I thought he was uh, seeing some ghosts back there and and reacting to some stuff that wasn't there. He wasn't particularly sharp all the time last night. There were some some missed throws and some balls that got deflected and some passes that were a little bit off. Hey, when you throw it fifty two times, they're not all going to be right on the money, but. Boy, you know, know, he still still can get it down the field. Yes, he can. And uh, particularly if you're the Steelers, I don't know that you want to be in a position where they're down four and they've got the ball on you. Uh,
1: Sometimes that hanky comes out, throwing the ball down the field. The old Ravens play. And, and
0: boy, they just get after it. Uh, They do. I'm repeating myself in terms of their competitiveness and relentlessness. But that is a team that has an established identity, and it has for a long time, and it is – It's dripping with that this year.
1: Yeah, and you know, the point that I wanted to make is that when the Steelers are considering their playoff path, or when Steelers fans, I guess more accurately, are considering their playoff path, the thought is always, well boy, don't go New England, they're not going to win there. The Baltimore Ravens don't feel that way, and their fans can't possibly feel that way either. They don't care where they play, Uh, they don't care when they play. I think it's Suggs. I think it's Harbaugh. I, yeah. I think he's a really good coach. But uh, Suggs is always out in front of that,
0: and yeah. let's go. We're not scared. Yeah,
1: Not scared of anyone. Yeah, I, I respect the hell out of the Baltimore Ravens, and it's going to be a dogfight. No question about it. John Harbaugh said after the game, we've got to win three games. It's going to be a dogfight on Christmas Day at Heinz Field. Wouldn't have it any other way. And what this buys the Steelers, I guess, Mike, is – a little margin for error if yep. if they were to lose to Cincinnati this week, which is certainly a possibility given that Cincinnati has not quit these last three games, and they would love nothing more than to knock the Steelers back a peg. If they were to lose this game and beat Baltimore and beat Cleveland, they would still get in. So what this bot then was some margin for error.
0: In terms of the division, yeah. Uh, although if you're looking at Denver, for example, uh, with a pretty tough road, to, to conclude the regular season and a five-loss team. And, uh, you know, probably a bunch of us started thinking a month ago after that Dallas game it was division title or bust. Right. It might not be the case. No. What if what if, uh, if the Steelers were to win two out of three but lose to the Ravens? That probably loses the division, but maybe that's enough to get a wild card. Uh, again, based on what Denver's got. Uh,
1: Miami's quarterback now but, done for but the season. There's nothing
0: 10-win teams left on that Bronco schedule, right? right? So – uh, and plus, I think, you know, the, the, the bigger picture, If Mike Tomlin would say, if you want to look at it globally, the Steelers are playing so well and they seem to be continuing to take steps each week through this four-game winning streak and checking different boxes and becoming more confident. I would, I would think you just want to stay on that role and keep playing well and keep feeding off of that. No sense taking the foot off the gas because the Ravens lost to that team up north.
1: No, and they're starting to look like the the team we thought that they would be. These Pittsburgh Steelers and defensively playing very well. We'll talk about that Michigan State guy and the way he performed on Sunday in the offensive line. We'll get to the offense, but defensively is where I'm really impressed, Mike. And they did have the drive where it looked like they missed about 11 tackles, and <laughs> we saw Artie Burns go for an interception and not get it. Then the two defensive backs ran into each other. There's a touchdown there for Clay. Um, but on that same play, you know, Anthony Chicklow's a fingernail away from strip sack. Uh, we saw Artie Burns. He could have gotten a hand on that football. So I, I don't want to nitpick. That bothered me a little bit, that drive. But defensively, we talked about it. Can the Steelers shut down the Bills? And I think both you and I agreed, shut down is probably too strong a phrase. Well, I think they did shut them down in terms of the run.
0: Oh, they slammed the door shut. Yeah. And I know Shady McCoy got his rushing touchdown at the end of the game. And I know that that was an onside kick away from getting real interesting successful onside kick, but I still think that was a dominating performance on the Steelers' part, and it, it really struck me watching that game and, um, you know, digesting it afterward. It's a different defense now. Uh, you've got Bud Dupree and James Harrison as your outside linebacker. Boy, he can run, Bud Dupree. Yeah, Well, he's former number one pick. I would I, hope so. I know that, but – But, I mean, that's a guy uh, – I'm he personally flies. guilty watching him not do anything in training camp and then spend almost uh, – all the year to this point on injured reserve. Oh, okay, he's designated for return. What's he going to do when he comes I back? I thought the same thing. Well, now we're starting to find out. Uh, James Harrison can still play. You know, When you have two established starters at outside linebacker, that's better than having four guys that you're rotating because you're not sure who's going to do what at a given time. You've got Sean Davis now established at safety. You've got Artie Burns established at cornerback. We didn't see Javon Hargrave against New England, and he's been actively involved all along, but we're seeing Ryan Shazier healthy for six yep. games in a row, not just playing but practicing. And, boy, some of the gaps he was shooting, he was clearly uh, on his reads, as they all were. You know, the, One of the big uh, points of emphasis for the defense was the tendencies that Buffalo had uh, based on personnel group and formation. And, and the major uh, goal, uh, job one, was not to let Tyrod Taylor or Shady McCoy run. Taylor, discipline, rush. Don't don't give him a lane to escape the right. pocket. And and McCoy just you know he's getting the ball. You know he's really good. Everybody get there and get him on the ground. And the amount of guys that had tackles and the aggressiveness, the amount of players on the Bills side of the line of scrimmage at the outset of the shady McCoy runs was really. I, it's not something I noticed during the game. It, it took watching and it. One of the reasons why was the press box were in the end zone, and it was snowing, and they were yeah in uh, a different county half the time. But uh, they really got after it defensively. They they studied, they prepped, and then they attacked what they intended to attack, and they got done what they wanted to get done. And that's that's the trick, you know that the details of that change every week, but that you got to identify, yeah, you got to recognize, and you got to respond.
1: I think that your point is is a good one, Mike, that I think that the phrase I've been using is, man, they just attacked the line of scrimmage with vigor. Did they not? I mean, they just got after it. And it was eleven guys flying to the
0: football, and it just seemed like I, I think it was I think he got tackled eleven times, McCoy, and I think seven different guy on runs. yes, and I think seven different guys had solo tackles, and then there were three sets of of groups of two that shared tackles and and, on all of them, almost. I'll give myself a little wiggle room, but invariably, there were people poised to make the tackle yes. if the guy who was trying to make the tackle ended up not making the tackle. Do you following that? Like yes. The, the rallying to the ball when McCoy had it was really attention getting,
1: and not just McCoy. My favorite play of the game. From a Steelers perspective was Bud Dupree's second sack when after five guys missed him. Right. <laughs> including, including Dupree. Including Dupree. Yeah. Yeah. I had him once, might as well put him on the ground the second time. And I think it was Sims. Oh, he was
0: he was uh a little chapped by that after the game. He said he was wet and, and McCoy was wet and everything was wet and he just guy squished away somehow. You know? Right. And
1: uh Phil Sims said after that sack, he said, you know, typically that's one of those 30-yard runs then for Tyrod Taylor he's going to get away and he's going to scramble and he's going to get down the field and you know the Steelers just flew to the football that was evident from me for me from snap one and you know to your point about gang tackling you know they had eight tackles for loss and whenever you start seeing a lot of half a sacks that's whenever you you think about the guys getting there together
0: and, and,
1: and that's what they did in this football game and it's it's
0: it's really been fun to watch. And even some of the plays, there was one play, I think Sean Davis ended up getting credited with this tackle, but Richie Incognito pulled, and Shazier just torpedoed Incognito yeah. and took him out. Yeah. And now, Shazier doesn't get anything for that, probably got a little little headache uh, from hitting Richie Incognito, but all of a sudden the blocker's not there anymore. Sean Davis makes the tackle, and Harrison and uh, it are right behind uh, in case Davis falters. It's... Uh, it was a really uh, well-executed team defensive performance. Uh, again, I want to go back to what they identified in the days leading up to the game and how they wanted to get done, what they intended to get done, and how well that was relayed to everybody. How how hard it was perfected in practice, and then and then the the game was a result of that. That's that's getting it done at a high level in the National Football League. And it's been and fun- those guys are really good. Uh, people can think what they want about Tyrod yes. Taylor passing. Um, that is a really good running game.
1: And it's not easy to prepare for in one week. It's just not. It's different than what you
0: see from a lot of the different teams in the National Football League. Which, And, and you know, our, our contextual comparison is the top 10 teams that they had played previously. Yes. Dallas, didn't go very well, did nope. it? Philadelphia, didn't go very well, did it? Miami? New England. New England. yeah. All those teams ran the ball on Pittsburgh. Well, in the case of Darren Sproles, he'd catch it in the flat, but it's a you know, a screen pass to me is kind of like a run. You bet. You got to get to the guy and get him on the ground. And yep. they couldn't do that. And um, they lost all those games. After they lost all those games, and this one, I think they could have easily lost had they not been as good at job one as they were. Well, absolutely. The quarterback turns
1: the football over three times. You're not supposed to win that game, and the defense is what won it. And the guy from Michigan State, as well, was the East Lansing run. Pretty good. Yeah, he was. He was decent. I opened the show yesterday. Saying that his mother was a mutter because that's just the guy he is. And he he referenced it before the game. He referenced it after the game. Mike Tomlin referenced it after the game. I'm surprised, by the way, you brought up the outside linebackers because I didn't think you were allowed to talk about that. Mike Tomlin said he didn't want to talk about that anymore.
0: He didn't. And I kind of get, <laughs> I mean, that was the first time we saw Dupree play almost every uh, exa- snap. Right? I know. So, but yeah, uh, uh, Gene Hackman and Hoosiers, my team's on the field. Right. Or on the court. Uh, yeah, they're not doing that anymore. Good. And. James Harrison, I, I, are we all just uh, overlooking him a little bit uh, in terms of they have apparently uh, broken the glass and uh, sick James Harrison on yeah. the on the opposition. Smoke him I, if you got him right. How's he doing this at his age and, and and he's doing it so well. He's doing it so well.
1: He is, and the defense overall. Before we do get, it's to not, the not a gimmick. I mean, oh, James Harrison's
0: still on the team. They're still letting him play some. It's. it's, a, it's a, important piece yeah, of it
1: there's no more talk of well look what they're doing to Jarvis Jones he's not going to get a chance to develop we got to see what they got in this guy no they know and they know what they got in 92 so there you go exactly yeah. glass broken well dude on the field uh <laughs> four weeks in a row they've played like this defensively and I think you know fill in the blank it's the best this defense has played for a four-game stretch since when? I mean, last year they played well down the stretch. It did
0: get better last year, did it not, as the year progressed, the defense? It did. I think it, I think it's doing that again. Uh, stopping Beckham the way – again, guy had 100 yards. They, they shut him down. Yeah. By my definition of, of what you're trying to accomplish toward victory is the goal as opposed to some number. They shut Beckham down, and they shut down the Buffalo running game. Think of this. The Bills got – I'm not a big fan usually of garbage yardage because I think if you could stop somebody, you would you know that, that the last phrase. two plays the first half yeah i mean yep. they're they're 96 yeah. yards away and and there's 11 seconds left that i will acknowledge is garbage yardage when yep. uh, mike gillisley got uh, 34 of the 67 rushing yards on two snaps that had zero impact on the game yep could not zero.
1: agree more Uh last thing here cuz i don't want to keep you forever well i would but uh, yeah we could you're,
0: we're, we're you're,
1: rolling you're an you're an important guy you got things to do um the offensive line was outstanding and bj finney coming in was outstanding and I, what i love is the old school approach of hey here's chris hubbard he's going to play tight end hey here's roosevelt nix he's an offensive lineman who just so happens to be trapped in a in a smaller man's body and and we're just going to come at you good luck and you know i don't know no kyle williams but Dude, <laughs> they knew that they were going to run the football, and they couldn't stop it.
0: Yeah, and it, the similar uh, dynamic. We were talking about all the gang tackling, how many guys got to McCoy. Uh, it seemed as if somebody different was leading the way uh, a lot of yeah. the time, whether it was Finney or whether it was Dave DeCastro or Roosevelt Nix or one of the tight ends or Marcus Gilbert. Uh, I went back and looked at that. They had seven different groups of the five skilled players, not counting Roethlisberger. Same line but then seven different dynamics of three wide, a tight end and bell yeah. or two wide, two tight ends and bell or number 74 is eligible on a tight end <laughs> and whatever. they, And they, one of them they ran once and it gained nothing. All the other ones thrived. And uh, I, I think uh, if I'm remembering this right, when Chris Hubbard was on the field it was over 100 yards gained in the neighborhood of 20 carries, I want to say 19, and when Roosevelt Nix was on the field, I think it was 21, wow. and that was over 100 yards. Some of that was at the same time. At the time. same time, overlapping. But but, but they found, as DeCastro explained it after the game, they knew we were going to run the ball, so we had to give them different looks to keep them honest as best uh, as they could, and and it worked. And even, you know, they threw the one pass to David Johnson out of it, uh, threw out of it uh, oh so occasionally, but uh, the the – Diversity of the running game and the way everyone from Ben Roethlisberger on down has embraced it is what's really impressive to me, and I think uh, that's what uh, is going to make the difference moving forward. Uh, they're they're okay playing that way. Uh-huh. They're not going to get impatient anymore. They're not going to force it downfield just to do it. Uh, if the run game is there, you know, they came out throwing and uh, backed everybody off, then all right. How do, you, how do you want to play it?
1: Right. Diversity is not just an old, old wooden ship, Mike. Diversity is being able to run the football, being able to throw the football. And when you couldn't throw the football, you run it. When you can't run it, you throw it. And the Steelers. Yeah.
0: And then after a while, you're running it so well, you just
1: keep doing it. You just keep it. doing it. Exactly. And I uh, Wolf and I talked about that the last couple of days. But, I mean, you think that guy's did not you? cheesed up did, about it. Yeah, Broached yep.
0: the running game a little bit with Wolf?
1: Yeah, a little bit. A little offensive line talk. A lot of offensive line talk it's what we've been doing all day. And here's the last thing. The Steelers used all those different personnel packages. Meanwhile, the Giants use the same personnel package 96% it, of the it, time. Tight end
0: and, uh, back.
1: and yet McAdoo's play sheet is like a thousand times bigger than the play sheet for Todd Haley. It looks like a, what do you, a cheesecake factory menu.
0: Well, you know, there's different ways to do it. Nobody, there are nobody's got uh, a better idea necessarily than anybody else, but everybody's got different personnel and different tendencies and different likes and dislikes and different different beliefs in what works. It, it, figuring out who you are, I think, is the the key. Not trying to do everything, but do what you do well. Now, the more diverse you can be, the the better your chances are. I think. I think the Giants, if they had their druthers, would. Probably be a little better running the football than they are. But guess what? They're not. But they got Eli Manning and they have Odell Beckham Jr. Just beat Dallas. And they have a couple other pretty good receivers. Yep. uh, Cruz and Shepard, who sometimes one of them doesn't even get targeted. And sometimes that guy changes from week to week. But, uh, you know, figure out what you want to do and prepare to do it as well as you can possibly do it and then take your chances. Steelers have that figured out. They know who they are. They know what they're capable of. And they are uh, seemingly grasping the ability to apply that from a week to week basis differently. And that's let's see, what, let's see where it takes them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm 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 feeling good about it if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. We'll see what happens in Cincinnati. Mike, well, awesome. the Baltimore
0: game's gonna be fun. I was oh. I, I full disclosure, I was honked off that uh when the schedule came out that they were playing on Christmas Day.
1: Yes. Now I'm but, not.
0: Yeah, I'm kinda warming up to it now. Yeah. No question about That's it. It's not just going to be any game. That is going to be a Christmas present of competitiveness.
1: I kind of wanted them to beat New England last night. I kind of wanted it to be for for everything. I just
0: enjoy, I enjoyed that game for how hard both of those teams yeah. played, the way it, the emotional reactions on both sides and how hard-hitting it was. And some of those running backs just continuing to drive their legs and guys didn't want to go down and uh, contesting catches in the secondary with the receivers and the pass rush almost getting home on both sides and sometimes getting home, and that was that was good stuff. That was that was good as how did Ben say it yesterday or, or uh, up in Buffalo, he said uh that was good December football.
1: Yep. And I'll
0: tell you what, I am sure that the NFL
1: will have no ratings problems uh, in the month no, of December. No, you get a, get a good matchup this is and, what's and, fun. and
0: a good game and it's it's great.
1: This is what This is it's this is great. what it's all about. The snow falling, snow yeah. globe. Two Jaguars teams. and the
0: Rams, I don't know that you're dressing that up.
1: Yeah, you're not.
0: So, so keep it off my television on Thursday night.
1: Yep, exactly. Mike, great stuff, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. There he goes, Mike Pursuta of the DVE Morning Show and the Steelers Radio Network. That's going to do it for the Locked On Steelers podcast. Another one tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening on the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. (laughs) Bye, singing dog. (laughs) Bye, goal. I pronounce you... Bye, wedding ceremony.